Lawyers always need to be on top of their game, or at least appear to be. It can feel overwhelming to recognize or admit when we aren't, and even harder to reach out and get help. Welcome to Sidebar, brought to you by North Carolina's Lawyer Assistance Program, where lawyers help lawyers by sharing their experience, strength, and hope as they delve into their personal journeys of recovery. Hi, I'm Candace Hoffman, the field coordinator with North Carolina Lawyer Assistance Program, and I'm so excited to be here today with Laura Marr, who's a North Carolina and Oregon lawyer and the founder of Conscious Legal Minds, which provides well-being consulting, training, and resilience coaching for attorneys and law offices nationwide. We are so lucky that Laura has been a longtime contributor for the sidebar with her Mindful Moments. And we're here today to talk about her most recent moment called Befriending Yourself. Laura, thanks so much for being here. It's so good to be here, Candice. I always love talking with you and connecting with your audience. I do as well. And I just right off the bat with the title, it really struck me because the term befriending yourself seems to me like it should be such a natural, innate, default setting for us, you know, biologically, we're hardwired with this survival instinct for eat, sleep, drink, those kinds of things to keep us alive. And it seems like we should be innately our own friend or, you know, an advocate for ourselves. So why is this something that we have to learn to do? That's a really good point and a really good question, Candice. And What I've found is that for a number of us, that when we make a mistake or things don't go well, that we criticize ourselves instead of be kind to ourselves. And that's generally because there's a protective part of ourself that thinks I want to avoid shame or embarrassment or looking bad in the public eye or looking bad to my client or to my significant other. And that we think if we criticize ourselves, that we won't do it again. So it's really a protective part of ourselves that comes in to try to keep us alive, connected to other people by being perfect or not making mistakes. And so it's, it's an erroneous way that we try to keep ourselves in other people's good graces by shaming ourselves or punishing ourselves so that we don't botch up in the future. That makes a lot of sense. So tell me, what is befriending yourself? Befriending ourselves is when we turn this curiosity and this kindness, turning that toward ourselves. And why do you think this is particularly important for attorneys? For our profession, we tend to, as a matter of practicing law and doing it well and protecting our clients, we tend to be perfectionists and we tend to hope that nothing will go wrong while preparing for everything to go wrong. And we can be the hardest on ourselves because we don't want to be publicly embarrassed or shamed or debarred because we've made a mistake. And so we can oftentimes be very hard on ourselves because the consequences of making a mistake can be really humiliating. If we make a mistake in court, we can be chastised by an attorney or by a judge or by our client, you know, ultimately if things go really poorly by the bar. And so we can develop these parts of us that are super protectors that are trying to keep us from ever making a mistake so that we don't ever have to face that kind of humiliation or shame or embarrassment. 
we tend to think that we do better work if we are self-critical versus having self-compassion and kindness and befriending ourselves. And I'm assuming this is not true. (laughs) That's true. As it turns out, the research shows that self-compassion, being a friend to ourselves, actually relaxes the nervous system and allows us to think clearly, which is, of course, something that we as lawyers really want to be able to do is think clearly. And when our nervous system is relaxed and we're thinking clearly, then we are most likely to be able to think about, hmm, what went wrong here? How can I fix it? And how can I prevent this from happening in the future? But not from a shaming or self-blaming place, but just from, again, that curiosity place, like, huh, what could I have done differently that would have given me a different result? And when you're saying calming our nervous system, is that that rest and digest response, that parasympathetic nervous system that's the opposite of fight or flight? Yeah. So the fight or flight is the sympathetic nervous system state. It's um, there's adrenaline and cortisol pumping through our system, which happens to a lot of us when we make a mistake or something goes wrong. We start thinking about how we can fight our way out of this situation or flee our way out of the situation. We also, some of us might go into a dorsal nervous system state, which is a collapse state, which is really shaming ourselves. And I'm bad. I did something wrong. I should just, you know, hang up my law license right now. I'm never going to be good enough. All of those are dysregulated nervous system states and self-compassion. The research is showing, and I've experienced this with myself and I experienced this when I'm teaching it to my coaching clients is that self-compassion actually brings a dysregulated nervous system state out of fight, flight, or collapse, or even a freeze state which is when I don't know if I should fight or flee or collapse in order to survive, to bring us out of that state and into a more regulated nervous system state, which is the ventral vagal nervous system state. That self-compassion is one of the fastest tools that we have to get ourselves back into a regulated state because we're talking to ourselves, we're soothing our own nervous system. And when the nervous system is soothed, then we can think better, regulate our emotions better, regulate our thoughts better and respond to difficulty better. Well, I think you've sold us. We want this regulated (laughs) nervous system. Yeah. I want what that is. So what would an example of this look like? Well, one of the things that I see often is, let's say somebody, a lawyer has been pushing really hard and then they, they make a mistake. And instead of stepping right in and fixing the mistake, they start procrastinating on fixing the mistake because they say that there's something wrong with themselves or they shouldn't have done it like this. And so instead of bouncing back in a resilient way and being like, Hey, you know what? I made a mistake. People make mistakes. I can fix this. In fact, I'm going to fix it right now. Instead of doing positive self-talk and being a friend to themselves, they say unkind things to themselves and they start freaking themselves out. And that generally leads to a free state, which can lead to procrastination. And then there's the problem that happened. And then that problem snowballs, it gets bigger and bigger. I'm wondering, Candice, maybe if you could give us an example of a time when you were a lawyer and you made a mistake or something didn't go the way you had planned. And then we can work with that and kind of talk about how you could have befriended yourself instead of maybe whatever did happen. Sure. I would love to say that I have not made any mistakes oh, excellent. <laughs> in all of yes. my practice. Next person then. <laughs> but uh, I remember 
in my first year as a practicing attorney, I don't believe it was my first motion in supporting brief I'd ever written, but one of the first few, I, you know, worked really hard on it, poured over it. And then about five seconds after I hit submit and filed it, realized this problem with the brief. And it wasn't as small as a typo, but it was in that realm. It didn't cause the brief not to work or the motion or anything, but it was something that I intended to do and it wasn't correct. And I started to really question my choice to become a lawyer and started really catastrophizing the situation. Yeah. So do you remember some of the things that you were saying to yourself? It sounds like you were saying, I shouldn't be a lawyer or I don't have any future in this profession. Yes. I definitely thought I don't have what it takes. Nobody else would have made this mistake. I don't see anybody else talking about, because I worked with a group of bigger attorneys, like I don't see anybody else talking about making this specific mistake. And everyone just inherently knows that this shouldn't be done, or they would have caught this wrong exhibit number or whatever it was. And just that feeling very outside not in the stream of things and not a great feeling. It was a pretty scary feeling. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. I know that it's vulnerable for us as lawyers, even if you're talking about an example that happened a long time ago to admit that we made a mistake. So thank you so much just for using your own life and as as an example. So it sounds like you were saying a lot of things that were not being a friend to yourself. And as a result of saying those things to yourself, you felt pretty yucky about yourself. It sounds like you felt isolated, like an other, like not part of the pack. Exactly. Yeah. And then do you remember what was physically happening for you as you were sort of realizing you made the mistake and talking to yourself in that way? Like what was happening in your body? Definitely heart racing very uncomfortable in my own skin, especially back then. I'm sure I was a big people pleaser. So that feeling of, you know, that shame feeling in my body, because I don't want to let my boss down or, or anybody else, very discursive, jumbled thoughts. It was hard to think, you know, in a straight line, because my mind was racing around all the possible outcomes. And Feeling physically, you know, when I experience anxiety, it's really hard for me to stay still. Yeah. Because that seems more of a calm state. And so just wanted to jump out of my skin, like jump up and go do something or get physically away from where I saw the problem happening, which was inside my computer. So I just wanted to physically get far away from that. Yeah. So it sounds like your your system went into a pretty classic flight uh, response. So you had the dysregulated mind, you had the discomfort in your body, you had that impulse to move away from the problem. I'm a fleer. Yeah, yeah, great. (laughs) So excellent. So as you were fleeing, what did you actually do? I would run up and down the stairs. I'm not that fast, maybe not run, jog up and down the stairs, because I guess inherently I was doing some DBT 
techniques that I knew, you know, if I could physically move fast enough, I would start to calm down and it was uncomfortable to stand still because I could think more clearly. So I would kind of run up and down the stairs and I would try to listen to different podcasts or things to try to push the thoughts out of my head. Yeah, really good. So So I want to commend your action step, which was when you have that adrenaline and cortisol pumping through your system and you're in that flea mode or in that fight mode, moving is a really great thing to do. You want to get the adrenaline and the cortisol and the stress hormones moving out of your system. And the way that befriending yourself would work. Well, one, one thing, it sounds like you were befriending yourself. You're trying to find something better to listen to than your own critical thoughts. But another thing that you can do, in addition to listening to someone else say something kind to yourself, is in this befriending process, is you can start to say something nice to yourself. So in this example, I'll give you a couple examples, and then you can say, oh, this is something I actually would have said to myself, Laura. So you might say something like, wow, I I really made a mistake. I am really embarrassed that I made a mistake. It makes sense to me that I'm embarrassed that I made a mistake. Oh, geez. But you know what? People make mistakes. I made a mistake. People make mistakes. I'm not the first person that made a mistake. This mistake is fixable. I can fix this mistake. I can get someone that can help me to fix this mistake. So you kind of talk yourself off the ledge and you, you, you dial yourself back from my career is going to end to I can get help and this can get fixed. So that's the process of befriending yourself. And Could you imagine like what you might've said as you were running up and down those stairs that would have been comforting to yourself? I think that I could have gotten to people make mistakes because I have that very, you know, if somebody had come to me with that problem, I would have immediately been like, this is not a big deal. It's very easy for me to extend that compassion to someone else. So imagining other people make those mistakes would not be a huge leap and would have felt comforting. I'm part of a group that is not, you know, infallible and that I can reach out to someone to help fix it. Really good. So I like a couple of things of what you said. One, which is you have to pick something that's authentic to you. So you can't, you can't fake it. You have to say something that is at least that you're, you're, you can buy it, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and you just said as close as you could get to kindness to yourself was to say, other people make mistakes. So that's an authentic way to befriend yourself. The second thing that I heard you say, which is also really helpful to know when you're using the befriending practice is if you can't think of anything nice to say to yourself, think of someone, a colleague that you enjoy working with or a friend or a loved one that you would be able to offer kind words to in this kind of a situation. And so if we can't come up with words for ourselves, Think of someone that you could find those words for and use those words. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. So for everyone, I'm of course interested to know, like what actually happened in the situation, Candace? Well, I got fired and I went to work at Whole Foods. (laughs) (laughs) Say it isn't so. No, although Whole Foods seems like a very good place to work. I reached out to an attorney when I calmed down. And of course they immediately started laughing because it was something that everybody does. It seemed like a very big deal to me. And they just said, no, you file this simple amendment and attach the exhibit meant to attach. And so I learned a lot. It made me feel better that they had made that mistake as well. 
and that there was an easy fix. But had I not reached out, I mean, eventually it would have become clear, but it would have been really easy to stay in that isolated state if I had not gotten over the shame to be able to reach out. Yeah. And one of the things that I really appreciate about the befriending process is it's, it's an efficient way to handle mistakes Mm -hmm. because we just, you know, as you were sharing in your example, it's like you had to run up and down the stairs and you went into a whole dysregulated state and you had to get up from your, your desk. And you probably had to do a whole bunch of things that took you away from your billable hour. And it took you away from feeling good about your day. And when we turn toward our, ourself as a friend, as when we use self-compassion as our go-to thing, when we make a mistake or things don't go as we planned them to go, it's really efficient. It's just like, it cuts down on all the dysregulation. And so it doesn't take so long to recover from it. And we can just go, okay, I made a mistake. People make mistakes. Who can I ask? Oh, here's the person I can ask. So it sort of cuts out the dysregulation phase and the having to recover from that extreme dysregulation. And you go right into problem solving because you never really left that um, regulated mental state. Does that make sense? It does. And we are a people who love efficiency. Yes, exactly. Right. It's like, and it does come down to that. It's like, if I can spend more of my day billing hours, then I don't have to spend as many of my hours after hours working. And some of us, not everyone works in a billable hour model, but if I can spend the time when I'm working, working and feeling good when I'm working, then that's a pretty good day. I don't have to carry my emotional state with me when I go home. I don't have to carry my work with me when I go home. Exactly. So do you have any meditations that you could lead us through that would help people practice this at home? Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and take us through the befriending process and you can try it on your own and you can try it with a number of different things. And I'm going to be generic because I know some of the people that listen to this podcast aren't lawyers. So I'm just going to use a more generic meditation so that no matter who's listening to it, they can try the meditation. Awesome. All right. So go ahead and get yourself as comfortable as you can in this moment and take three to five breaths just in and out of your system, kind of allowing what we've been talking about to integrate into your system. And it's possible as Candace and I've been talking about mistakes or things not going planned that you've been able to bring to mind a time in your recent past or something you're working with now, a mistake you made or something that didn't go as planned. And bring that to mind. And then ask yourself, what am I saying about myself in this situation? And then notice as you kind of play back whatever it is that you're saying about yourself to yourself, notice how that makes you feel. Does it cause tension in the stomach or the chest, the jaw or the neck, maybe somewhere else? And then just letting your body know that you can feel that. So you can just say silently to yourself, I can feel that. And now think of something nice that you could say to yourself, something kind, something compassionate, 
something that you would say to a friend or a colleague that you respect? And let it be a simple phrase. Maybe just five or six words. And now say this phrase to yourself five times. So just repeat it over and over. Taking about a minute to say these words to yourself. You might change your phrasing along the way, make it something that feels even more authentic to you. And now notice what, if anything, feels like it's shifted inside of you after you've befriended yourself. So you may notice that you sighed or you yawned, which is a good sign that your nervous system has moved out of dysregulation and into more of a regulated state. You might notice that your shoulders dropped or your jaw loosened or your breath got deeper. You might even notice that you now have an idea for how to solve the problem or how you could have solved the problem in the past. And now get curious and ask yourself, what could I do differently next time that would give me a better result than I got this time around? And then just ending that befriending meditation and that inquiry process with a few breaths. And then if you close your eyes, you can open your eyes and just look around the room and see one thing in the room around you that reminds you to be nice to yourself, to be kind and good to yourself. Welcome back, Candice and everybody. Did you have any experience in that that you'd like to share with the listeners? I definitely had the physical reaction. And for me, when I can see, I remember the first time I really got why people liked yoga when I could, when it started clicking in my head, when they said, move your shoulder blades down your back and I could push that muscle and feel it. I mean, I got why I would buy into yoga. And I like that about this meditation is I could feel my jaw relax. I could feel my breath getting deeper. There was that very baseline buy-in for me. Like I can see the good results I get. Therefore, I'm willing to do the practice. That's helpful. And that that's really helpful, Candace. And I'm really pleased that you had that experience so immediately. And listeners were listening to this and they're like, nothing happened. That might just mean that you need to try it a couple of times. So this is a whole new way of thinking and a whole new way of responding to ourselves might take a couple of times to get the gold, as you were saying. Befriend yourself on befriending yourself. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Over and over and over again. Yes. Keep being your own best friend. I love that. Thank you for the practice. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Sounds good. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for joining us at the sidebar. 
If this is your first time, we encourage you to listen to another episode or two, subscribe to our newsletter, and peruse the resources at www.nclap.org. And if you know a lawyer who could use a hand, please share this episode with them today. Remember, at Sidebar, you are not alone. In fact, you are in quite good company.